You're listening to Your Highest Self Podcast, episode number five, Finding Your Inner Light with Reverend Jenny Brown. Jenny, welcome to the show. Yes, we're here. We got it. Um, So you guys, thank you so much for tuning in again today. I appreciate your investment in yourself. I have a really, really, really special guest for you today. Her name is Jenny, and she is a clairvoyant um, based out of um, Bay Area, basically, right? Northern California, San Francisco, Mountain View. And um, before I tell you what Jenny does, I want to just give you a little um, insight into like how I met her, because I think how I met her is... my goodness, my voice is going to be really indicative of like what she does. Um, So I like randomly went into um, a bookstore in Mountain View and it was called East West Bookstore. And I was there for a reason. My therapist had sent me there to buy a pendulum. It's called a pendulum, right? Yeah. And um, I was like, all right, let me go do this. Let me go do this. And I was walking around the store and I had like, yeah, a little sage bundle with me. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to clear my energy. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really step into this world. And I had been um, accustomed to, you know, meditation and I've heard of it and I'm into the woo. Um, but I had not ever come into contact with like the woo woo. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> And there's this little door open to like this little room. And I was like, ooh, like what's this door? And I went back there and um, Ginny was sitting in there. And I was like, hi, like what do you do? And what she told me was she's a clairvoyant counselor. And I was, she was like, have you ever had a reading done? And I was like, no, what is that? And she was like, well, we just – I forgot what you said. But I was like, sure, I'm down. Let's do it. And then 30 minutes later – um, I had been sitting in deep meditation and she had, you had gone through my chakras, right? Like each one and, um, just gave me so much powerful insight into what I was going through. And, and mind you, I like, didn't give her any, um, context. I wasn't like, this is why I'm here. She just was like, I'm just going to read you. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, and probably one of the biggest insights that she had given me was how I was a prisoner of myself and I held the key. And that is what sparked my journey from my post-competition, um, diet binge restrict cycle, the cycle that I kept finding myself in where I would overwork myself and then, um, burn out and crash. And I was on a path to burnout. I was on a path to just chasing my ego self and I wanted off the path, but I didn't know how. So that was, um, honestly the first step in my healing journey. So what she helps her clients with, um, is just, she really helps them gain clarity and making more mindful choices. So, um, without further ado, I welcome to the show, Jenny. Can you tell us in your words um, who you are, what you do, and how you got here? Oh, that's so. Thank you so much. It was such a beautiful introduction, and I love the recap of how we met. It's, yeah, I tell that story often because it was just such a magical um, experience from my end to see you walk in just so ready to um, experience something and. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a beautiful moment. Um, 
And so, uh, you know, uh, when I was looking to heal myself, um, mm -hmm. I also have a very large ego <laughs> and was, um, you know, finding myself a therapist's office and mm -hmm. uh, just kind of like, uh, you know, really looking at healers, like what would work for me mm -hmm. at my first clairvoyant. I had my very first clairvoyant session. I knew I couldn't hide. Like they could see things in me that I was trying to shelter or keep small or run away from. Mm -hmm. And it inspired me so much. I was like, this is the way I'm meant to heal myself and get to know myself and what I want to do for others. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Yeah. And so when I started to really open up my energy, I was able to tap into this and I realized its power. And I said, you know, this, I know this is a way I can help other people. And, um, so it just became so quickly my mission, you know, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. explore this, to deepen it, to, um, find a practice, to educate myself, um, and to, to help others transform. And so my work, it takes shape, um, really with, mm, with the individual. Mm -hmm. So, you know, each person gets a different experience with me to some extent. Um, I'm usually in meditation, so they typically, it kind of, you know, traverses all these different areas of life. But what I like about the medicine is it's not one prescription. Yeah. It's, it really is designed for the person, like what is in their highest and greatest good. Mm -hmm. Um, I allow that information to come to me and then it, for it, be, it to be a collaboration. Mm. So it, it helps to clear blocks. A lot of times our ego is what holds on to the belief systems. Mm -hmm. right? Like I can do this or I can't do this. This is what makes me worthy. This was, this is what makes me unworthy. Mm -hmm. Those are, are those in essence are blocks, right? Or a place of liberation. Mm -hmm. We get to know those and dissect those and really discover what is true now. Mm -hmm. It, it, it is a place of profound liberation, right? And we can redefine for what works for us now or, um, uh, you know, completely let something go. It just really depends on the, on the issue or the topic. Mm -hmm. But um, in essence, that's what I do. I work with people to get clear about what's true for them now, mm -hmm. what that strategy was, you know, that they used in their past and how they want that to be updated. Mm -hmm. A validation process all around, right? Like this mm -hmm. used to work for me. You know, mm -hmm. disappearing used to work for me. Yeah. I want to be seen, right? I need to be seen. So how do I do that? Like, what does that look like? What am I afraid of? Amazing. Amazing. So what would be the first step for anybody who is struggling with that? Someone who is struggling with their ego and they have no idea what it means to, um, to be your highest self and to tap into that. Mm -hmm. So I would say the first play, the first place is recognizing that something's not working mm -hmm. is awareness. It's like, Hey, I've been doing this same thing. It's probably true in diet too. Like I've been following the same method, right? And it's not working for me. I'm still holding on. Like I'm not getting to where I want to go. And that to me is step one is, is saying, because that lights up the ego to say, okay, I'm curious enough to change. There's a lot of talk in the spiritual community about like, destroying the ego or about like, you know, uh, tearing, tearing that part of yourself down. But for me, that's my hero. 
you know, that's my inner hero. When I need to rise to an occasion, I put my ego in charge. I'm like, okay, ego, I'm terrified to face this darkness inside me, or I'm terrified to, to step into this part of myself. I need your help. And so our ego, we can really put it to giving it, um, like empowering it really to um, fuel these parts of our lives that we um, need support around, right? It doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Um, and so for me, that, that very first step is awareness and turning the ego to say, this is not a threat to you, but we need to transform this. We need to figure out why this doesn't work for us. And um, I need your support. Amazing. Um, what are some um, like tools and strategies, or maybe do you have a really great morning routine that helps you stay so connected to yourself? Mm. I first, the first thing I do every morning is meditate, <laughs> and um, it's a way for me to set my energy. And and what I um, that may be a new concept to some people, but it's kind of like setting an intention or setting your attitude for the day. So if I set my attitude or my intention, my energy at something like amusement, right? And I go out into the world and let's say there's a ton of traffic uh, on my way to work or, you know, someone um, cuts me off or I get into like some kind of debacle. When my energy is at amusement, like it's funny to me. You yes. know, it bounces right off of me. I'm just like, oh, here I am in traffic, you know, and I can move through my day with a lot more ease. If I don't do that, if I don't set my energy, I'm a reactor. Gotcha. <laughs> As the world happens to me, I am reacting to that. So here I am going about my day, humdrum, normal, and then here comes traffic and I get frustrated. And then someone cuts me off and I get even angrier, right? Mm -hmm. And then that becomes my unconscious intention. Like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Right? Oh my gosh, and then we blame that. Yes. Yes. And then that dictates our whole, you know, then we've allowed an experience to mm -hmm. dictate how we feel that day. Mm -hmm. For me, step, step one is always like, what, how do I want to show up for the people in my life, mm -hmm. for myself um, throughout the day? Mm -hmm. So I, I make a conscious um, intention, even if I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, every minute of the day, you know, every second that we are aware, we can choose. Right. So it doesn't have to be first thing. It can be in the middle of the day. Like I've been pretty frustrated so far. Let me try a different energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. So for anybody who is really new to meditation or um, a lot of our listeners are high achievers, they're very ambitious. They sometimes I hear think that meditation is um, not so much a waste of time, but they don't have time for it and they're not sure how it goes and they don't know how to clear their thoughts. They have way too many thoughts and they have a lot of things that are super important to them. And so um, it's just not a priority. Um, what do you say to them? It, it's great because I was like that. <laughs> for me to, you know, get still, to get focused, it just, I had a hard time figuring out how that fit in for me. And what I didn't understand was like what I get out of it right? Like to get still and like to be in kind of a Vipassana meditation where you're just like allowing your thoughts to come in and then you let them go. And just kind of that whole process is about kind of finding a level of inner peace. That works for me sometimes. But when I drop into meditation and I put myself to work, right? Like when I can see what it's going to benefit me, like if I set my, set my energy 
through meditation. Like, who am I, you know, I kind of play out my day. So I'll imagine like, okay, I need to uh, exercise. I'm going to be meeting with clients. I'm going to have to drive to the office. I need to go to the store. I see my day and then I say, okay, this is what I'm facing. How do I want to approach it? And I see myself in that energy. So it's work, right? It is a level of, of productivity and of work and you can see it. So you're like, okay, I'll try on compassion for the day. You know, I know I'm going to be facing some people with some difficulty. I'm going to try on compassion today. And I approach my day. And at the end of the day, I take stock. And mm -hmm. say, huh, wow, that really worked. So when it comes to meditation, there is no right and wrong way. <clears throat> Oftentimes people get really hung up on like, am I doing this right? You know, and that's really the mind trying to figure out the system. So when you, I would encourage anyone new to meditation to trying out some guided meditations, Amazing. like something that's productive. And I have some available, um, you know, so about setting your energy, I think that's a great place to start, but there's a way to really kind of practice that and see how it benefits you. And that encourages you to do more. That's amazing. Actually, that's the first time I ever heard anybody describe meditation as um, like that, where you can use it to future cast your day and look ahead. And I think anybody that's very type A and ambitious is going to love that because it's not just about clearing your head of the thoughts that are going on, but actually using it to your benefit. So that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. You are full of wisdom nuggets. Um, one of my favorite quotes from you and you're, you're very good at one-liners. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. It's so good. I mean, um, your Instagram, which is at uh, rev.gb, right? Uh-huh. Um, so go check her out there. Um, I love her feed. It's just like black and white photos and um, really deep, insightful one-liners. Just like one sentence, maybe sometimes two, that just gets you to really think. And one of them that struck me on a huge, like down into my soul, my solar plexus too, um, was um, the, the deeper the judgment, the harsher the wound. Mm -hmm. And um, it was so profound. I like couldn't stop thinking about it. And um, I know for a fact that other people have um, um, borrowed those words and used those words after seeing it on my Instagram. So that is how much of an impact that small sentence you had. I even Googled it and it's not even on the internet. So it's like, that is Reverend Jenny Brown's words. Um, before we get into like, or before I explain like why it impacted me so much, I'd really love to know how that saying came to you and just kind of like your explanation around it. So it, it really, most of my work comes from my own experience, right? And so when, when I started to look back and uh, do my healing journey and looking at things, I noticed the people that I judged the most, right, that it was triggering a wound in me really, really deep. And that it wasn't, um, it wasn't really a reflection of them as much as my insecurity that something was being exposed. For me, it was always really hard for me to express my emotions. So I would have mass judgment on people who are emotional, who can just cry in public, who can just be, you know, where they are, no problem, and expressing the good, the bad, the ugly. Oh my gosh. So it You would have hated me. <laughs> <laughs> it was really envy, right? So like when I would when I would see that, my judgment would be like, oh, 
there they are crying in public, like making it all about them, right? Mm. And what I noticed was that I don't have the permission level to have that. And I learned that young, that tears or whatever, showing emotion would give, you know, villains in my life power. Mm -hmm. So I learned to suppress that, hold that down. Mm -hmm. So when I started to discover what was true for me about that and what wasn't, uh, no, what was no longer true for me. I released that. And now I too can cry in public. It's not super easy, but um, you know, it's something that I'm working towards about allowing my emotions to be in present time. And so what I notice is when a client or friend or whomever is casting out a really big judgment into the world about something, I don't judge them back, but instead I just drop into my deepest place of empathy. Mm -hmm. There is something so deep in there that they are afraid of, right? That they're casting it out as like, don't come near me, don't come near me. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, you see it a lot in our political sphere. I mean, it goes, it goes pretty wild mm -hmm. um, in, in how judgment plays a big role in telling us, it really does tell us where we can do some work. So someone lights up a judgment, I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> now I know where to focus my attention. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Um, it kind of takes me back to um, people are always talking to themselves, always, mm -hmm. all the time. Um, so when you, when I heard, when I uh, read that from your page, um, I forgot that it came from you, and it just like, it just like, it just stayed in my brain for a long time. And at the time, I think I was, um, I was like right in the middle of my transition from do I ever want to compete again? Um, I was really struggling with the weight gain that I had um, from, from binge eating from my last competition. And I really wanted to lose the extra weight. I think it was about 20 pounds. I'm five feet tall. So it was extra weight that hurt my body. I felt very inflamed. I didn't have energy to work out very well. Um, and it wasn't even about how I looked anymore. It was just really about how I felt. But I was still heavily in... Um, I was really committed to how I looked. And so um, the healing wasn't coming yet. And um, when I heard that from you, I really started to look within me and see like, okay, like where am I being very judging? Like where am I being um, really, really um, just like mean about others and judging others and, um, you know, judging their character based on maybe how they look. And that's when I realized my deep wound. My deep wound was um, I was – extremely insecure and secure about my body. Um, and then I did some reflection. And even when I was, you know, like, I don't even know how much percent body fat, like no percent body fat, um, doing competitions, um, always lean, always, you know, I was in the gym seven days a week, working out all the time, tracking every single macro to the gram. I judged others for not being as disciplined as I was. And I judged others for their lifestyle and how they looked. And um, the other trainers at my gym, I'd be like, well, you're not dedicated. You're not disciplined. Um, not only do you not work as hard as me in the gym, but I have more clients than you. I do more sessions than you. And I'm dieting for a show. And I have private clients. And I have my Instagram. So my judgment was um, 
deep. I mean, it was everything. It was how I looked, how I worked, what my self-worth was. And so I think that's why personally for me, like my healing journey has been so long and I've given myself the time and the space to honor it because there's been so much. I mean, it went deep. It went deep into just even like my work ethic and um, the judgment of others on you don't work hard enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, amen. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so. It's so profound to write, you know, it can, it shows up in some, you know, small ways, right? Like, oh, what are they doing wearing red, right? You know, like we can have judgment about something small that uncovers something really big inside us, right? It may have nothing to do with the color, may have nothing to do with, you know, um, the weight itself, but it does touch on something that's deeper, right? Mm -hmm. And, and for you, so much of like your validation comes through discipline, right? Mm -hmm. And hard work and things like that. And that's what's made your self-worth like expand. Yeah. Right? So it's like when, when you see someone like not putting in the work, it's, it, it lights up like, well, I'm, I know I'm doing mine, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I totally get it. I'm, I can be very we have a lot of similarity. <laughs> yeah, I think we do. Oh, I love that. Um, and it's now something I use with my clients. So when we're going through life coaching and I work with a lot of women on body image, we talk about body image, we talk about weight gain, we talk about um, friendships and like the level of um, deepness and vulnerability and truth in the friendships. And I notice a lot of the women who have deep, deep judgments that's what I, I tell them your quote and I say, okay, like, let's talk about this because you are obviously judging her for the way that she looks for being too skinny and then her for being too fat. But what are you really feeling about yourself? And it's, and it's not getting rid of the friend. The friend is not the problem. It's you and how you're thinking about yourself. So I really encourage our listeners today. Um, what about your journal? write this quote at the top of the page and just start to reflect what are the judgments I have about everything in life and then um, take it a step further and see, okay, like what is the wound that this judgment is stemming from? Do you have anything to add to that? That's beautiful. And with, with when you find that, have compassion for yourself. Mm. You know, it, it, sometimes we will judge ourselves for judging <laughs> and um you know that can that can spiral but when you just say oh my gosh yeah i've been judging this person for something you know that i'm insecure about in myself hey let me let me love that let me love that into a place of feeling secure mm -hmm, mm -hmm. treat whatever you uncover there with tenderness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and support you know, uh, reach out and, and get some support around it because it's, it, it is really important to not just acknowledge the pain and the suffering there, but to really, um, find a way to, uh, be in acceptance of it. That's beautiful. Um, so are there any other um, like self-care practices or tips? Um, I know you love to give unconventional self-care tips that we can like kind of a general one that we can leave our, give our audience today. Sure. And so when it comes to self-care, like a lot of times we try to fit into someone else's um, idea of like what self-care is. 
right? But to me, one of the, the, the greatest ways I've found to like tap into what is a good self-care practice for me has been to uncover joy. What creates joy in my life? And when I look at it, I tend to go back to being a child. And what were 10 things that I loved to do as a kid? So I love to ride my bike. I like the tick, 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 the sound of the wheel. I love to read a book high in a tree. I liked a lot of time alone, right? Like, so there was a way for me to access that. But when I would look at it, I tap back into my self-care practice into something that brings me peacefulness and brings me joy. And it doesn't have to be meditation. It doesn't have to be, you know, going to the spa. It doesn't have to be tuning people out. It can be something really simple. And so if it's, if it's taking a break from work and walking around the, the pond outside, that's what you do. And so really allow, um, allow yourself to tap into what's true for you, not mm -hmm. what's true for others, mm -hmm. right? Like here's 10 ways to access joy, right? Yeah. Have it be yours, right? Mm -hmm. Like have them be true to you. And it, cause it could be really unique. They might be making a mud pie, <laughs> you know? They yeah. <laughs> you know, doing something that's really silly and fun, but you'll find yourself really uh, accessing something that's deep and true and um, uh, something that was in there inside of you, an access point of joy that was inside you before anyone else told you what to think or what to do. Mm -hmm. Before all those limiting beliefs Absolutely. held place in our brain. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is maybe like one of the biggest mistakes we're making? Mm. Loaded question. Ooh, biggest mistakes we're making. I would say in general, people have a tendency to lean into, um, I would say it comes down to the decision between loving something and treating it with violence. This happens internally and also externally. Like if I judge my judgments, that's violence against the self. Mm. Right? If I am angry with myself for not meditating every day or not doing this or not helping a client transform, or I could find a million ways to judge myself, right? That is violence against the self. And we'll, we'll, when we're hateful and, and uh, violent inward or outward, like say something's happening in the world that we find uh, there's an injustice around. When we attack it with violence, we're creating more of the problem. When we look at that, at that level of compassion that's needed, either for the self or for the external world, mm -hmm. right? we're accessing the heat, what we can actually do to change something. I love the example um, in American history of Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X. Malcolm X, they were both same path, right? Like they wanted the same things. Malcolm X approached with violence and like, we need to be strong. We need, need to be united force. We need to be, you know, we need to fight back. Mm -hmm. uh, MLK said, let's link arms around this issue and say, this is wrong. We won't stand for it, but in a nonviolent approach. Mm -hmm. And they both made their mark on history. One had a lot of bloodshed, the other didn't. Oh my gosh, yes, that's beautiful. So I tend to, and I don't think one is right, one is wrong, right? That's not my place. Like there is a time to fight, right? But a lot of times we fight and we, we throw anger or uh, violent words out. In 
to the world or to herself when really what we need is love and compassion. Amazing. Amazing. I would say that our world needs a lot of love and compassion right now. Yes. <laughs> Across the board. Across the board. And also for ourselves. I know a lot of the women that I work with, a lot of the women who are listening to this show, um, they're here because they are looking for a new way. Um, they have been hating themselves their whole lives. They have been using violence against themselves to change. Maybe that is, um, you know, turning into a machine and a robot and only tapping into their masculine energy to do a competition prep or to do a diet or, um, you know, to get ready for an event. And they really neglect themselves. They really lose touch with their feminine energy. They um, go deep into the, um, the violence, but that violence is masked as discipline and it's masked as love and it's masked as hustle. Um, how can we start to pull the curtain back and, and, and really get clear on, am I, am I doing this out of love or am I doing this out of fear? Mm. Ooh, great question. <laughs> so I would say, you know, uncovering what you, so as, uh, as we grow up, when we realize what earns us love, mm -hmm. we start to do more of that. Mm. Right? And we will turn off what doesn't earn us love. This is a process in every human being, right? So when we realize like um, people tend to love me and give me attention when I am kind and orderly and, you know, quiet, right? Then we learn that that's the way that we should be right? And so we turn off our loud side, we turn off our creative side, we turn off this because it's not giving us that feeling. We crave love like crazy. And so we just put ourselves into the do, do, do. Mm -hmm. You know, my personal experience was all about accomplishment. Mm -hmm. I love my, you know, candy was when somebody said, you did a really good job. Oh. Didn't matter what it was, it could be a teacher, it could be anyone. If they said, you did a really good job, that was love to me. Oh. So the overachiever went crazy down that path. I forgot my art. I forgot everything else, right? Because it wasn't earning me love. No one loved the artist. No one loved the thinker. Mm -hmm. They just loved the person who could get things done. Mm -hmm. And so when we love and fear work on a polarity of, of, of each other, right? There's some really stark spiritual beliefs that if you are not in the energy of love, you are in fear. It's black and white, right? So when we, if we are stepping into um, fear, like sometimes it's like fear that I won't be loved, right? If my body doesn't look a certain way, I won't be worthy of love. Such a hardcore program and female thinking. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I need to lose 20 pounds before I can even date. You know, like I can, I, I come across clients and work with people around this issue, you know? And so it's like, what does it take to love you now? Mm -hmm. So to, to kind of work with that energy of fear and love, it's to say, what is it that earns me love? What do I believe people love me for now? Mm -hmm. Right. Who do I have to be in order to earn love and really questioning whether that is true? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's beautiful. Um, it's so funny because I mean, you guys, we haven't like Jenny and I haven't talked about any of this stuff, but we're on the same page for everything. <laughs> 
I asked myself those same questions and I forgot where I heard it from, but it was when you were younger, whose love did you crave the most, your mom or your dad? And who did you have to become in order to receive that love? Um, that was one of my, my like journal prompts last year on repeat. And I, it really came down to, for me, it was my mom, my stepmom, and I had to become a, um, a mind reader. I had to do everything perfect. I had to, um, <clears throat> like, you know, clean the house before she even told me to clean it. Like one of those type of people. And then that's gave me so much insight into, wow, why am I such a people, people pleaser? Why do I put other people's um, needs and desires and wants before my own? And um, why am I such a workaholic? Oh, why am I so obsessed with achievement and looking perfect on the outside? Mm -hmm. So that is super, super powerful. That's very, very powerful. Anybody going through that healing process, um, it's, it's messy and it's also very vulnerable and it's also um, requires a lot of courage, courage to, you know, pull that curtain back and to ask yourself like, why, like, why am I like this? And, and meeting yourself with compassion, like you said, um, it doesn't happen in a day. It doesn't happen in a week. It, it, we can't put a timeline on it. Um, you know, knowing me and be like, okay, like, what am I fixed? <laughs> <laughs> how long is this going to take? <laughs> mm -hmm. When can I go back to my normal life again? And it's like, it's not about that. It's a journey and there is never going to be a finish line. And once you become awake, you know, so to speak, mm -hmm. you um, are always going to be um, driven to be conscious and to be awake. So once you drink the Kool-Aid, I'm sorry, but uh, there is no finish line. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Um, so I would love to know what is your definition of being your highest self? Hmm. Um, I love that question. Like all these questions, the definition of being your highest self is being authentic is not, is, is loving yourself. Truly. It all comes back to love, right? Um, is loving yourself enough to, to say yes and to say no, to mm. being authentic and in your highest place of integrity with what you do. Mm -hmm. And it's not about being the better person or the bigger person in situations. Sometimes it's not, mm -hmm. right? It's about really finding what's true for you and being and putting your ego and your courage and your bravery towards holding that line, mm -hmm. right? Like of saying, this is what I believe. And that is, that is true for me. And if that means that you don't love me anymore, or you want to take this away or whatever, you can't be friends with me. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Is, is to remain authentic mm -hmm. and to, and, and that will level up, right? Like that is going to naturally like rise on its own. The more that you give yourself space to say, what is it that I want to believe? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it that I want to be doing in the world? Not mm -hmm. based on anyone else, but just myself. What is it that I want and why? Right? Mm -hmm. that, that helps us to operate in a place of, of real clarity, you know, of, um, and, and being truly authentic. And I think that's what, what a lot of us are striving for. Some of us like feel like once I have you know, a ring on my finger, right? Or something, then I can drop all this shell. Like I can just be, then I can be myself, right? 
but what happens if you show up in the world as you are? Mm. Scary thing, right? It means that usually lights up a lot of fear for people like, oh, that means I would lose all the love in my life. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would beg the question, if, is that true? And are you willing to be wrong? Mm-hmm. Ooh-wee, yeah. <laughs> we could go on forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much. How can we get in touch with you? How can we learn from you more? Um, give us all the details. Cool. So I have, uh, I do one-on-one sessions um, that I, you know, I do a lot of that and you can book with me through my website, do it virtually or in person. I have an office in San Francisco and in Mountain View here in California. Um, And I do a lot of classes, both virtual and um, in person. And so my upcoming ones are on astrology and meditation or in a regular cycle. And so it's a lot about uh, unconventional self-care practices and ways to get to know yourself. That is my greatest love is seeing people go, aha, this is what I believe. That's what my parents believed or whatever, you know, having that. Um, I'm accessible. Yeah. Internet, uh, by email, Instagram, come find me. Yeah. Oh, I found you. She did not give me her Instagram account. I like went onto the internet. <laughs> I was like, Reverend Ginny Brown, <laughs> I'm going to find her. <laughs> uh, and it's been a year. I think it's been a year since, um, I had my first reading with you and it's been such a transformative year. Um, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for your work and for following your passion and following your highest self and stepping into your own highest self so that you can be here now today helping not only me like one-on-one but just thousands and thousands of other people who are going to listen to this and who are listening right now um you have such a gift and thank you for being courageous in pursuing that i can only imagine that was quite tough before wasn't it yes and I, uh, yes, it was, it was hard to step into, to really let myself uh, be who I wanted to be, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I really appreciate the work that you do in the world. And I see yeah. the impact on the daily, just on Instagram and in various other ways of just seeing how you impact women's lives and give them the courage to be themselves especially in the world that you do is just incredible and so needed. So oh my gosh. Needed. Thank you. Our yeah. Thing is women, right? So, mm-hmm. um, oh my gosh, especially in the competition industry. I mean, I was looking for someone. I was like, help me. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who you found yourself. <laughs> yeah. My inner light. Yes. Yeah. My yeah. highest self. Um, well, thank you so much. I'm going to be taking her meditation class, you guys. So um, go onto her website, check out the, uh, are they virtual as well as, um, as in person? Yep, absolutely. Awesome. She's got a lot of ton of great, great classes. Not only is it about meditation, it's about boundaries, astrology, reading yourself, getting your birth chart done, which I highly recommend as a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Jenny. It's been such a treat. It's been such a pleasure. Um, you guys, check her out. Give her a follow. Screenshot this episode. Post it on your story. Tell us where you're listening from um, so that we can check in with you. Um, we thank you for investing in your highest self today. Have a great one. We'll see you on the next one.